0: part two of a series called Blessed, and uh, we are just looking at uh, what it means to be blessed, and uh, if you were a part uh, with us last weekend or if you are able to go online and uh, watch that service, uh, Pastor Chad did an wonderful job kind of just launching us into this kind of this blessed life, just talking about Thanksgiving and just the, the, the role that thanks or thanksgiving or gratitude plays uh, in living a blessed life. And so growing up, um, I, I remember Sister Diana and many others, and maybe she'll bell me out here in a few minutes. She gets the unction to, to help me out. But there's this song that that they would used to sing, and it was, and you probably most of you know it's this, you know, I will bless the Lord, oh, my soul, I will, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, let's do it. But I remember as a as a child hearing the musicians and the church sing this, I will bless the Lord all oh my soul, I will bless the Lord all oh my soul, and you could just feel the presence of God just come in. And as a kid, I, I could feel his presence, um, but sometimes you don't always know what, you know, we use all this kind of this churchy language sometimes, and, and sometimes as a kid you're kind of like, well, what, is, what does that mean That to bless the Lord? Um, and so figured the best place to go to figure out what it means to to bless the Lord or to be blessed by the Lord um, is to go to facebook um, so <laughs> I got some amen's in the back there and so if you go out to Facebook and let 's just pretend that you are kind of new to this whole church thing and you were kind of coming in and you're like okay well i 'm going to get connected to the church 's Facebook page or some people at church and you know, let's just see what it means to be blessed. You know, you go out and you see all these hashtag blessed, hashtag blessed, and you see pictures of, you know, people. You know, they get into, they get a new house and it's hashtag blessed, and it's a picture of this of this house. You know, or they get a car and it's all just thank you Jesus for blessing me with this car. Um, you know, or they just went are on a vacation in Florida and it's a picture of the sand and you know dust in Florida and it's blessed, um, and it's just blessed is plastered over everything. Um, you know, it's just, I got a new watch, blessed. You know, I, I I met a girlfriend, blessed. You know, or I have a boyfriend, blessed. You know, it's just, we just throw these words around just and just tag it onto everything. You know, I mean, got in an argument with my wife, blessed. You know, <laughs> had to sleep on the couch, blessed. You know, I, I, that didn't happen to me, but <laughs> just, just, I was sleeping on a cot last night, okay? It's, <laughs> the couch would have been a, would have been an upgrade, praise God. <laughs> and so the, the problem is, is we've got these, we these new Christians. We have these Christians, Christians that have been walking around for a long time. And when we go out on these social media, it can just be a little confusing. And so what message are we really sending when it's just blessed, blessed, you know, on all these things? Um, and so first of all, I just want to apologize that if you're kind of a new Believer, and you've just started your walk of faith. And, you know, sometimes we just use words, and we don't always clarify what we mean when we use these words. Um, And so on behalf of all good-meaning Christians out there that are blessed, um, I apologize because it can be a little little deceiving. Because if you're like, well, I don't have that house, and I don't have this car, and, and I didn't get to go to Destin, or I've never been to Destin, Like, well, God, am I blessed? Or you know, you may be a single young person and you're like, I don't have a girlfriend, or I don't have a boyfriend. Am I God, am I blessed? And 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 you can start to begin that the devil can sneak in and he can, you know, cause some havoc in your walk of faith uh, because somebody was out there, you know, well-meaning, but without clarity. And so, in all seriousness, we're not gonna go to Facebook to figure out what blessed is, but we are going to look for a few moments this morning at what does it mean to be blessed or be a blessing or to, you know, or to be, to be blessed. And so we've got this New Testament Greek word, eulogo, or eulogau, you can say that if 10 times fast if you want, eulogau, or eulogo. extensive study of the Greek here, let me tell you. But what this, what this word means is it, it means to speak well of someone, to praise or bless. And so, in Luke chapter six, verse twenty-eight, we see Jesus, um, and, and this Greek word is being used. And in verse twenty-eight, it says, "Bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitely use you, spitefully use you." And so, what, is, and what Jesus is saying is, is, saying, "Speak well of that person that is cursing you, or that person that is despitefully using. Speak well of them, praise them, bless them." Which is super easy, so, um, you know, I'll just move right on, because that's easy. That's easy stuff. In the Old Testament, we have the word brock, Um, and it's used over 400 times, and it's also one of the seven Hebrew words for praise. And so, in Psalms, you've got Psalm sixteen seven, which says, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. 1846, the Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. Blessed be the Lord, because he hath heard my voice or my supplications. I will bless the Lord at all times. This is a famous one that we know really well. I will bless the Lord at all times. Psalms 34.1, it says, And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Praise God. And so we've got the psalmist basically saying, I will speak well of the Lord. I will speak well of the Lord because he's my rock. He's my salvation. He's, he's my fortress. He's my protector. He's my salvation. Praise God. He's heard my supplications. And so I'm going to speak well of the Lord. So it's, that again, we see the word blessed in English, um, but it's really, I will speak well of, and I'm going to praise. I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. Praise God. And so when God's blessings were on earth, it easily produced food for Adam without having um, Adam or Eve to toil or sweat um, in the garden for that food. But if you know the story of Adam and Eve, we know that. Um, sin entered into the garden because of their choices, and God cursed the ground, and it then no longer easily produced food for, for Adam. And so uh, let's go to Genesis for a few moments, and let's look at some of the first things that the Lord blessed. And it says in Genesis 1:21 and 22, it says, "...and God created great whales, and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind." and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good. In verse 22, it says, And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let the fowl multiply in the earth. And so we see this thing that is—is is God is blessing, um, or is when God's blessing is on something, um, there's a natural multiplication that goes with that. Um, and, so, and then if we jump down a few verses uh, to verse 27, It says, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them, and blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And so again, we see that as God is blessing something, as we are able to look back kind of on that event, you know, some 6,000 or plus years later, we can see that, God blesses Adam and Eve and tells them to replenish or to multiply. And today we've got, I don't know, almost 7 billion people um, on the face of the earth. And so we see that with the blessing of God comes this multiplication factor or this idea that God assumes that if I'm going to bless something or put my blessing on it, it's going to multiply. And stay with me till the end on that one and it may make a little bit more sense. So then if we jump over a couple chapters in Genesis to chapter 12, we pick up in kind of a running discourse where um, God is, is talking to Abraham, um, or his name may even just been Abram at this point. But in verse 3 of chapter 12, it says, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And so we know that that's an Old Testament prophecy, prophesying about salvation, prophesying about Jesus coming to earth, and that through Abraham's lineage, all the families of the earth were indeed blessed when Jesus was born of a woman um, to redeem us from our sins. Praise God. So in the Old Testament, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, um, and all of their descendants, um, for the most part, um, were always kind of walked in this covenant with God. And we're blessed. And in each kind of generation, Abraham, you know, God had a conversation with Abraham and renewed his covenant with Abraham. Then had the, you know, kind of a similar conversation with Isaac and had to renew that, you know, that, that covenant with Isaac. And then Jacob and Jacob's sons. And you know, for the most part, I was talking with Sister Diana a little bit before church. But there was always those times of you know, they kind of went away from covenant and the curses of God were upon the people. And then they kind of got back under the covenant and God's blessings were on them again. And so really, when we're looking at Scripture and we're looking at the things that pertain to God, um, God's not necessarily so concerned with the house that we live in, the boyfriend, the girlfriend, um, the car, the vacation, the clothes, um, kind of the things that we tend to look at from a natural perspective to say, well, am I blessed or not? Um, But God is really interested in his blessing of salvation, his blessing of being saved. Um, and so, a lot of the verses that I read, if you, I, you may or may not have picked up on it, um, but they, some of them all tied to salvation. The psalmist was blessing the Lord because the Lord was his salvation. Um, God was blessing Abraham because Abraham was in covenant and Abraham was, was saved under that covenant. Ephesians, so Paul puts it this way in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, For for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, that it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And just to just a caveat real quick. So Paul again, if you've read the all these epistles and the things that you know Paul is constantly trying to have this discussion with with the Jews of the time that, hey, we're not having to do the works of the law to be saved anymore. And so this kind of, I don't know if you've ever been in a conversation with someone that were like, well, isn't baptism works or isn't being filled with the Holy Spirit works uh, or isn't even repentance somewhat of a work? And so when Paul says it's not of works, he's not necessarily talking about those type of things that have kind of already been established through the apostles um, but Paul's saying, hey, it's not of works of like feeding the poor and being, a, you know, trying to be a good person and trying to do all of these, you know, these things, like trying to give so much money to good charities and, you know, these different things that the Jewish people were trying to get them to do and to stay under the law and, and all of that. And so back to verse 11, it says, wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that it... That at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. And so Paul is reminding these Gentile, these Gentile listeners or these Gentile readers of his letter that, hey, there was a time that you were without hope. There was a time that you were not blessed under the covenant by Abraham, but you were outside of that covenant and you really had no way of getting into that covenant um, but verse 13 says, but now in Christ, ye who are sometimes afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. And so if we go, if we look back all the way back to that Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, where God's saying, I'm going to bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you, and in thee all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. God knew that he was looking for that time where he was going to manifest himself in human form and come to earth and die on a cross And Paul's looking back on that and saying, but now in Christ, ye who are sometimes afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. And so it's all looking back to that blessing has all all to do with salvation, has all to do with being saved. Praise God. So I'm gonna close with this somewhat lengthy passage in Luke. And in Luke 2... Verse 22, it says, and when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, so this is Joseph and Mary, um, and it's kind of the beginning story of, of baby Jesus here. So when Mary was done with her purification according to the law of Moses, uh, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice, in verse 24, according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon. Simon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost, or depending on what translation you're reading, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, the same thing, that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And so basically he had this vision that before he was going to die, he was going to see the salvation of the Lord. And so there was this guy that was just faithfully waiting and waiting and waiting and doing everything that he knew and looking and looking and just waiting and being faithful um, because he had this promise. And, it came, and and he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in Jesus, the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then, sorry, then took him up in the arms and blessed God and said... In verse 29, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which hast prepared before the face of all people. And so if you really want to know if you're blessed, it really is, am I saved? Have I obeyed the scriptures? And so the greatest way today for you to know that if you're blessed is not going out to Facebook and seeing some person's house and just seeing their little hashtag blessed or having a new car or having the newest clothes or having any of these worldly things that we hold on to, none of that is going to, none of that determines if you're blessed. We've got all kinds of people walking around in Christian churches wondering if they're blessed because they're looking at so-and-so and looking at them and looking at her, him and saying, well, man, they've, they're blessed. Look what they have. But God is saying, no, 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 look to me, look, up, look, look at me. If you want to be blessed today, get your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Then you're blessed. And so no matter what happens to us in this life, because if I, I look out in the audience and I see all kinds of situations, all kinds of circumstances, that if we were just to focus on those circumstances or those individual things that were going on, we would wonder if we were blessed. We would wonder, hey, God, where are you? But as me and Sister Diana were talking about this morning, it's none of those things. It's none of that. It's, hey, I'm saved. I'm saved. When that trumpet sounds, I'm getting out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be out of here, praise God. And so back to the multiplication factor is that if the, the greatest way to be blessed is to be saved, then the second way to be blessed it's to, exactly. It's to multiply. It's to go out and multiply. Hey, this is what God did for me. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about what God did for me. Let me, let me sit down for a few moments and share with you what God did for me. I don't know what it is about this new street that we live on, but it's, it's like, it's the Mormon hotbed. I've had more seven-day Adventists or Mormon folks come to my door in the few months that we've been living there and uh, a couple days ago some sweet young ladies came to the door they were in the neighborhood and I had saw seen them over at my neighbor's house and she came out and talked to him for a few minutes and then me and the kids were out playing and they came over and they were you know talking to me and you know I was I had let them know that some other folks had come before and and uh, they were like, you know, well, what'd you think, you know? And I was like, well, this just—I got right to the point. I said, <laughs> I said, I—I I believe, you know, that the Bible says that we shouldn't add to it, we shouldn't take away from it. So as long as we're talking about the Bible, and as long as the Bible is our focus, we're good, and we can have lots of great conversations. And I, so I—but I just kept talking. <laughs> I just kept going. They were listening, and I was talking, and they were a captive audience. They thought I was going to be a captive audience, but. So I I went all the way back into the tabernacle, and I was, you know, what you got to do is you got to take them to what they know. They know John, they know John 3.3, 3, they know John 3.16, everybody knows John 3.16, so you can go to John 3.16 with anybody, and you can start in John 3.16, and then you can go back a couple verses to John chapter 3, and you can just take them to Acts, to, you know, begin to open up some of the, and she was just, I was, I was talking about the tabernacle, and then the, the altar, and the laver, and the, the presence of God, and one of the girls' eyes were, you know, as big as mine are right now, and the other lady was like, man, we need to get out of here. Uh, I could tell she was fidgeting all over the place, and, I was, and then and I sort of stopped, and one of the girls was like, wow, I never heard that before. I had, she's like, keep going. <laughs> and so we just kept going, just expounding on the scriptures and expounding on the scriptures, and, and finally I just talked to them long enough where they're like, well, we, well, we got to go. <laughs> we got to get out of here, but... You know, you could just, man, when you just get in the word and you start just pointing people to, to salvation, to salvation about being blessed. Praise God. Let's stand to our feet. Let's just lift our hands as the musicians are coming and prepare us to take us into another season of worship. But let's just thank God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, that salvation has come to us today, Lord. Lord, that we've repented of our sins. Oh, that we turned. We did an about face, God. Lord, oh, that we walked away from those sins. Lord, that we left them behind us, Lord. And then we buried them in the wonderful name of Jesus in baptism, Lord. Uh, God, and then you filled us with your spirit, Lord, with the evidence. Oh, with the sound of the spirit, Lord, of speaking in another tongue, Lord. Uh, thank you, Jesus, Lord, that your word has been revealed to us today. Uh, praise God.
1: Shut up. We mm-hmm.
2: I'd like to invite our ushers to come We're going to take up our Sunday morning tithe and offering I'm so thankful that we know the God that can do the impossible that we know the God that makes a way when there is no way the God that is everything that we have need of thank you Jesus The Shunammite woman received a promise from God, a miracle, and she watched her miracle die. She took her miracle that died in her arms, and she laid it on the bed before God, and she went to find the source of that miracle, which was the prophet in that time, and as she rode, I can imagine her holding on to her faith. And every person that she interacted with and encountered with, all she said is, It is well. Yes. It is well. And sometimes the greatest test of our faith is not in the proclamation of, God, you're a way maker, but it's in the proclamation of, It is well. No matter what happens, it is well. And I feel like there are some people today in this house. Let's find someone to pray with because everybody has a situation and a circumstance. And as we sing this song, really what we're saying is, God, we know you're able and we believe in you. But even if you don't, it is well. It is well. Because we call you
1: waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness,
0: that is who
1: you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. I is- You're the answer to it all, Jesus. i
3: Why don't we do something right now? Even even if you're not familiar with this or maybe it seems uncomfortable, I want to invite you. The scripture talks about we bless the Lord when we lift our hands. And it really, and even in the human society we live in, it's a form of surrender to to someone, right? And so I just wonder if we could just right now, if you're comfortable with that, just, even if you've never tried it, just raise your hands in the air. Just begin to tell them, Lord Jesus, Father, I just surrender to you right now, God. Lord, I worship you. Lord, my hands raised are not because someone told me to do it or because everybody in the sanctuary is doing it, but because I want to use my hands to to genuinely worship you right now. Lord, I want to lift them, Lord, not only in surrender, but also to bless you. Your word talks about blessing you when I lift my hands. And even if you're here today and you say, man, I've never done this before, I'm telling you, there's something powerful. When the people of God will raise their hands in worship unto the King of Kings, unto the Lord of Lords. We love you, Jesus. We worship you this morning, O God. We praise you. We adore you, O God. You are worthy of our praise, O Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord God. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. What a wonderful presence of the Lord that is in the sanctuary. And prayerfully also on the podcast and the live stream. I pray that that you're feeling what we're feeling. If you're watching online or listening, praise God. Because certainly, even if you're not here, the Lord is just as much with you as He is with us. But there's something powerful about people getting together in the building. There's just, it's, it's a powerful thing. So I invite you to be seated right now. Several things that, more, more preliminary things today than we typically have on a Sunday morning, but they're all important. And... Uh, but Kevin talked about it real briefly. If How many of you were at the man camp the last uh, two days? Raise your hand. How many of you had a good time? I promise you they had a great time. They're just tired. Some of us slept late. Slept, I'm sorry. Didn't sleep at all. <laughs> Woo, there ain't nobody.